Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And we're going to spend a couple hours here, right up to 5 o'clock on the Patrick Valley Show, engaged in energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state, national news and politics. We'll talk a little bit about, uh, you know, making the world a better place for children in our community. We will talk, talk some politics on the state level. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, some chatter about just news, good stuff, you know, what we do here. Uber producer Dan Peters is in studio with us today. Thanks for spending a little bit of time on your radio at Information 1000 KSOO. Maybe you're streamed live at KSO.com. You've got that KSO mobile app on your mobile device for one-touch streaming. And remember, we are on Facebook Live. And you can go in there and, uh, you know, look behind the scenes. Uh, You can uh, chat with us there. You can pose questions, make comments, that sort of thing. Sometimes it gets kind of vigorous in there. Also on the Twitter, at P. Lally Show, P-L-A-L-L-E-Y-S-H-O-W. That's my new jingle. P-L-A-L-L-E-Y-S-H-O-W. P. Lally Show. Um. I've been talking about this, and I'm not going to stop because tonight is the night. Tonight is the debut of public input down at Club David, uh, and regular listeners will know that I'm very excited about this evening. And uh, we even got a plug. We got a little shout out. We got a little something, something from Joe Sneevy at Argus Leader Media for our event this evening. Of course, he did not have the exclusive interview. He did not. I did not grant. I, please, no interviews. I did not grant the interview. He did, however, talk to my brother, <laughs> who is the, uh, the 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 production behind this little extravaganza. My brother Kevin is quoted extensively in the story. He was very kind to you, I will say. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's nice. And uh, let's see. Uh, we're going to be there with Scott Erisman, blogger Scott Erisman, and... Uh, what did what did Sneevy? I call him uh, disgruntled former city commissioner Matt Staub, but uh, Sneevy called him uh, former city commissioner and uh, social media something commenter or something like that. So, but Matt Staub will be there, Erisman, me, and uh, we're going to get kick things off tonight at Club David about six thirty, and the meeting starts at seven, and of course it's it's a watch party. We're going to call it a watch party kind of thing, but it'll be a uh, uh, rolling commentary on the style and substance of your city council meeting. So, um, you know, there might be some, you know, it's all people, uh, it's all in good fun, right? If there's, if there's a joke or two, if there's some, some, some smart aleckness that might occur in there, that's, that's just in good fun. That's just trying to bring us all together under the rubric of humor. It's the kid because you care. Right. Thank you, Dan. That's exactly it. But we'll also be talking about, you know, serious issues. Uh, I know on the agenda this evening is the uh, transfer of some land to the Billion family for the development of the railroad yard. I'm not exactly sure all the details on that, but we'll be chatting about that. That's why I have Erisman there. He pays attention to these things. And Staub, just because, well, you know, he's persnickety. He's persnickety and disgruntled. So that ought to be good. Yeah. If you ever poke the bear, otherwise known as Matt Staub, there will be a response. And it is a bear. He's a big dude, which is also good to have. If you're going to do this sort of thing, it's also it's always good to have a big dude involved. Yeah. You know? Because if you if you want to challenge one or all of you, you better be ready. Yeah, absolutely. And... uh but, you know, that's not going to happen. We're going to be up there. We're going to take questions. There, uh, I know that uh, City Council Bingo is coming together. So that, that alone is worth the price of admission, which, of course, is free. So, you know, don't complain about the price. Yeah, you're going up from there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So we'll be on the main level at Club David there with the big screen. They got, a, they got a big screen that pulls down, you know, like a projector television situation and some other smaller screens. So you'll be able to sit wherever you want. In the uh, in the main level there at Club David. Now, if you want to go up to the up to the uh, second floor patio, 
the, one of the most beautiful patios in town, really overlooks the whole downtown, looking east up over the valley of the Big Sioux River. You can do that. You can go up there if you want, but, you, you know, it's the action is down on the first floor. Are you guys going to be mic'd? Oh, yeah. All right. A triple mic. A mic for everybody. And so that we'll have the bingo, and uh, we may talk about some uh, stylized uh, beverages in honor of our various city council members. We're sort of rolling that out, so that'll be fun. But we're you know we're open to suggestions as far as uh, you know uh, uh, you know how in the delis and such they'll have you know like the uh, the Harry Carry or you know the uh, uh, Mayor Koch sandwich or what have you things of this nature. Uh, we're going to have, you know, our, our beverages of choice for selected members of the city council and mayor. And I, I think I mentioned the, uh, the Teresa Staley is a uh, plain glass of water, no ice, no lemon, 25 cents. Because, <laughs> you know, you got you to gotta pay for that water somehow. Water's not free, as Teresa reminds us all the time. But would, uh, kind of like, would, would, have you determined one for, for uh, Pat Starr? Would he, would he be kind of a gin and tonic guy, you know? I, I made a list for everybody sort of based on kind of what I thought, you know what I mean? Just it's off the top of my head situation. I'm trying to remember my Pat Starr. I know my uh, my uh, uh, Christine Erickson was a shot at tequila and your choice of backers, um, which I don't know if she's going to go for that or not. We'll f- find out next time she's on the show. Uh, what I'm thinking, my Pat Star, I think, was like a craft beer. No, a PBR, like a PBR. He seems like a PBR guy to me. You got right. uh, Kylie. He, you know, he was a physics teacher, so like something extremely practical. That would be more of the gin and tonic. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. Um, the Janet Brecky is Scotch, neat. Not really expensive. Good Scotch, but not really expensive. Uh, the uh, Greg Neitzert, I talked with him about this the other day. The uh, something complicated with several ingredients, you know, like an old fashioned or something that makes bartenders, you know, this takes a lot of time. Only like an Alabama slammer. <laughs> Alabama slammer. That'd be good. That'd be good. So that's all coming together. Um, you know, uh, Kurt Soul, Sale, I always say his name wrong. Kurt Soul, I think it is. He, uh, he was a fireman, you know, and so he was, he was in the unions and all. So, you know, like a union beer, like a Miller. Pro, used to say union made on the Miller bottle. So that might work out for him. Uh, so, that, you know, I haven't, I haven't got anything really good for the, uh, the mayor yet. I was thinking like, you know, a nice crisp glass of Pinot Grigio, you know, some white wine, not too full bodied. He's an athlete and all. Yeah. And you can't go too with, uh, with too high of an alcohol content nope. because, you know, he's, he's more of a fresh guy. Yeah. To keep it very light, very fresh. Maybe like a uh, one of those uh, uh, Michelob sixty fours, ultra lights, whatever those there are. Miller sixty four, something like that. It's got almost no booze in it and no calories. So because he's got to stay fit, I might work for him. I'll. I'll I don't think he's going to be there tonight. I think the mayor's on vacation. I think Christine Erickson's actually running the meeting. So, and of course there will be. Well, you know, you'll start off with. Uh, with like the proclamations and all that, and then the public actual public input that'll be fun. That's gold right there. Public input's gold. So then we'll get into the substance of the meeting. It'll be fun. I invite everybody to come down and uh, hang out with us for a little bit. Like I said, no admission. Just come out and have a good time. Uh, we've got a great show for you today. Before all those proceedings, Madeline Shields of the banquet is going to be in today. A frequent guest on this program. They have the SOS program going right now, which is the Supply One Student which is a fantastic program. We'll talk about that. Blogger Pat Powers with Dakota War College will be with us to chat about politics. The common man is our weird friend of the day, and I will have a PL statement after this break. Today's topic, LeBron. But it's not what you think. It's not what you think, Dan. It's going to be okay. Well, all right, because we want to be different. That's right. We just want to be, when others are zigging, we're zagging, Dan. That's all coming up. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. 321 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO.
And it's the time of day when we do the P&L statement, that time when we look through the news and uh, find issues, uh, important events, stories, columns, commentary that uh, catches our attention. And uh, today, it's LeBron. Uh, and I know what you're thinking. Right now, you're thinking, ah, oh, here he goes on Trump, right? Here he goes. That's not, that's not it, people. Don't, don't be jumping to conclusions just because of the way things. Correlation is not causation, people. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but it's true. It remains true. Uh, no, what I found today was this uh, column uh, from the Wall Street Journal. And it's uh, by Jason Gay, and who is uh, he? T- he talked to LeBron. He interviewed LeBron James. You know LeBron, the greatest basketball player of his generation, the greatest living basketball player. And uh, you know, it was it, it mentions you know the little uh, twi- Twitter uh, outburst by the president. But the lead is I spoke to LeBron James about bicycles on Friday. This was a few hours before President Trump decided to go on Twitter to challenge James's intellect, which was more than a little absurd. James is not a Trump fan, to say the least, but this was a week in which the NBA superstar helped open a brand new public school for at-risk children in his Akron, Ohio hometown, pledging a University of Akron scholarship to every student who graduates. I mean, I guess we could talk more about the tweet, says Mr. Gray, but I'd rather eat a bag of rocks. <laughs> Let's talk about bikes, shall we? Uh, he says in here that uh, he, in fact, Mr. Gray, Jason Gray, is a uh, bike geek of the highest order, which makes me like him already, uh, as he says, bike dork. Uh, and he says, I've known the three-time NBA champion likes to ride. James has been spied commuting to games on his mountain bike, and in summers past, he's hosted bikeathons in Ohio. At one point, he even owned a stake in the bicycle maker Cannondale, which is interesting. I did not know that. Uh, but last week's School opening was perhaps the biggest signal of what bikes mean to James's life. In the announcement for the I Promise School, which will admit 243rd and 4th grade students and expand until it stretches from 1st to 8th grade, was this detail. James's Family Foundation has pledged to provide a free bicycle and helmet to every student. That, that's fantastic. How cool is that? All right? But then he goes on and he talked to LeBron and he... he he talks about LeBron and bikes. And I love this story. Everything I do comes from my childhood, from my growing up and what I feel was part of my success. James 33 told me in a phone conversation, a bicycle for me was the only way to get around the city. If I wanted to meet some of my friends, travel across the city, go to school, play basketball, anything, the bicycle was the way I got around. But that was just part of it, says Gray. A bicycle also represented freedom, James said. Me and my friends, when we got our bikes, we could just ride, he recalled. Sometimes we would even get lost because we'd been gone for so long. But there was a sense of joy and comfort. There was nothing that really could stop us. We felt like we were on top of the world. It was a way of life. If you had a bike, it was a way to kind of let go and be free. That, I mean, that just, what a lovely, lovely statement from LeBron James. And the fact that he still um, is out there riding, it's not, you know, it wasn't just when he was a kid. He talks about all the bikes he wanted and, you know, the, the uh, uh, different bikes that he had as he got older. And he kept cycling uh, to maintain his fitness because it's hard to maintain your fitness uh, when you're that big. It's tough on your knees. Uh, and you'll, you'll see a lot of NFL guys also into cycling, including uh, uh, the dude from Mount Vernon, Chad Greenway. Um, and so there've been, there've been uh, uh, photos of LeBron, you know, riding his bike around Miami with Dwayne Wade. They would go to the critical mass rides, which is also awesome. We love critical mass, James said of the event, which occurs in cities throughout the U S as well as globally. It was the last Friday of the month. And then gray says a quick bike dork aside, it's pretty hardcore. LeBron knows what that critical mass is always the last Friday of the month. <laughs> So I just, you know, of all the, the conversation about LeBron and the, the political ramifications about what the president said, which was just ridiculous, um, you know, the fact that he bought all these bikes for these kids to uh, show them that they can be self-sufficient, first of all, that they don't need cars and they, you know, they can just be out and they can have some freedom. As he says, uh, uh, you know, he says he can't, can he still go out on a bike and go for a ride without becoming a giant scene? I can, he said. Sometimes it becomes a scene, but for the most part, 
I'm able to enjoy it, to smell the air and kick back and remember the days when I was much younger and there wasn't much of a scene and it was just me and my friends. And the last line of Mr. Gray's column, Gay's column is, uh, that's what it's about, folks. He may be the best basketball player on the planet, but LeBron James also gets bikes, which is fantastic. And I saw that column and it made me happy. Made me happy that LeBron James is not, you know, he's he's a pretty good guy, and a lot of people hate him for whatever reason. That's sports, you know. That's just sports. But at his core, pretty decent dude. And the fact that he likes to ride his bike makes him even better in my mind. That's the PNL on today's the bottom line on today's PNL statement on the Patrick Lally show. Coming up after the break, we're going to chat with the common man on Weird Friends. On Information 1000, KSOO. 334 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. I into town on a crippled horse. Got fired from a cattle drive up north. The ropes of the gallows was swinging in the breeze. All the wanted posters had pictures of me. I got Michael 45. And we bring in on a lovely Tuesday afternoon my oh, good and weird friend, the Common Man, Mister Common. Uh, how how are you? Last time you were on, we talked about your uh, your sojourn across the pond to the old sod in Ireland. Are, how are you doing now that you're back in in country, as we like to say? Have we have you adjusted? I have, I have. You know, and it's 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 the greatest thing is you realize how conscious we are. Well, two things how safety conscious we are here in the states and how you know litigious we are as well, as well and that's which has made us safety conscious uh, i think we when we talked the last week we mentioned near up in the cliffs of moore you know yeah. it, it, it's a cliff that's seven drops 700 feet down into the ocean and then they've got a little rock wall that you can walk along <laughs> you know and then there's it says oh that kind of keeps you out but then in, after you walk to the edge of it, there's two steps, and you're on a, a muddy little path that is 200 yards along the ridge with four feet of grass and nothing to stop you from falling <laughs> <laughs> into the ocean. And you're like, well, um, can you, I, I, I pictured that if I was in the States, there would be a net, an electric fence. Everyone would be required to wear a shock collar. That went, you know, we'd all be on bungee cords. Tied off, you know, oh, yeah. somebody, you know, but you know, it's it's kind of like, and it's, but it's beautiful, you know. Yep. And if you just, you know, don't screw it up too bad, and you know, it's fine, and everybody yep. can enjoy the natural beauty of, of the uh, area. And it's, but now you get back to the states, it's like, well, I don't know, that pencil's pretty sharp. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna we're gonna fence off the falls, apparently, so. Yeah, and I certainly have mixed emotions about that. I, you know, it's a it's a beautiful natural place, but it just, and it seems to happen with such a regularity. And you know, it's yeah, but for uh, you know, fifty one and a half weeks out of the year, it's fine. Yeah, that's the problem. But you know, that's life in the in in the best little city in America, right? Right, and, and even most recently too, with the with the, with the sipping cycle, you know, oh, and yeah. that, the, the accident that happened downtown with the. The sip and cycle, the place, the things that you get 10, 12 people on and pedal it mm-hmm. around downtown and have a good time. Everybody has some beers and moots and hollers, and it's kind of fun even for people downtown to see everybody, those, those groups, and mm-hmm. it's a nice way to celebrate things. You know, some person ran into that, and, and somebody got hurt pretty badly, and it's like, well, you know, and then they'll, well, we shouldn't have the sip and cycle. Somebody can get hurt. Well, yeah, but that was a, you know, why does that person have to wreck that? Right, you could. They could have been twelve people walking down the sidewalk, and a, somebody who's uh, under the influence of whatever substance rises up on the sidewalk and you know hurts people. So it's not the sip and cycle that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah so have you ever ever done the sip and cycle, Patrick? I've been on one. I don't think I've been on the one here in town, but I have been on a similar one up in the Twin Cities. I I went on it with a, a group of work friends, and. Uh, and it was like me and you know two other males, not to disparage the females of the species, but <laughs> there was some serious sandbagging going on. The, the two other guys and I are sweating like butchers on Saturday morning, <laughs> trying to get that thing. And the, the girls are on the back of going, "Oh, this is fun. We just have we." And it's like, I'm over there feeling like Ben Hur pulling the oar. It's like, <laughs> 
like, good Lord. <laughs> you know, and it's supposed to have a little engine in it that, that makes it... Really? That, well, I guess that's what I'm told, is that it has a little little sort of engine in it that can really... It's, it's, they, well, maybe. the lady said, do you, want, do you guys want to make the full tour and go up, you know, go up to Cathedral? <laughs> no! I don't think if you had 10 hulking uh, cyclists on that thing with all the power in the world, you could... You could blast that up 6th Street oh Hill or 5th Street Hill. There's no God. way. I think you'd need a Saturn rocket to get that thing up there. First of all, you'd slide off. <laughs> oh. You know, and I, I just, you know, to, to digress, but when my, my uncle died, we had to take him up the steps. We, we were yep. his pallbearers. We had to take him up the steps of, of the front entrance, you know, on Cathedral, and all mm-hmm. those steps. <laughs> and it's so we hard. all, and then a couple of the other guys were older, and, we, and they kind of they kind of stumbled, <laughs> and we're about halfway up the steps. So we had this vision of my my uncle's poor casket skipping down Sixth Street, down the cobblestones, and into Minnesota Avenue. Oh. That might have been one heck of a sight. But yeah, as far as getting a bike up there, no. oh my god, it's hard enough on a regular bike. You could do it, but it's hard. But on the sipping cycle, the thing weighs about it, it has to weigh as much as a car. Oh. <laughs> you know, yeah. So yeah, so there I was at the chiropractor, you know, and then I felt like I should be put down after that. <laughs> My spirit had been broken like a racehorse. I just, they ran him too hard. That's like, uh, that's like not black good. Beauty all over again, you know. But uh, people are people are pretty exercised about the, you know, and there was a, there was a, a a period up in the cities, you know, that they have uh, some of these things in 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 the greater Twin Cities area, and there was this kind of a uh, 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 battle going on or people were like accosting the sipping cycles um you know like d- under disguise right and then uh like throwing stuff at them. Oh, <laughs> it was it wasn't good and i don't understand what sort of misanthrope do you have to be to be not ah, a- you you people having fun i hate you well <laughs> and then everybody gets so worked up about the fact that it goes slow like, why are you on, if you are uh, uh, driving through the city, if you're trying to get from point A to point B, why are you trying to go like, I don't know, through Falls Park, which has, it's, that's like the worst idea you've ever had if you're in some sort of hurry. If the sip and cycle didn't exist, I'd recommend it, just so people did slow down on Phillips Avenue. <laughs> I know. Because you ever try to pull out of a parking spot on Phillips Avenue? Oh, yeah, it's, it's just It's like, okay, okay, God, here we go, here we go. Because <laughs> you know, the cars are parked on either side of you, you're pulling, you're backing out. You have to, like, there's some blind faith involved there. You're just like, one, two, three. Here we go. We're going to back out in the traffic and hope there's not a motorcycle or some, you know, somebody zipping along, you know, looking at the, you know, staring at the people on the patio over there. Yeah. Instead of looking at me pulling out. And it's it's a frantic thing, man. Yeah. And if you're in a hurry, go to Minnesota. I mean, it's just not, it's just not that hard. Then you won't have to worry about the sip and cycle. Yeah. So it's always the same people complain about parades. They should just, you know. Go, go yell out a cloud someplace else. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, common man, can you stick around for a little bit? i got a sports question for you. Oh, sure. Let, um, you bet. All right. We'll be right back with more with the common man on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 346 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And we continue chatting with the common man here on Weird Friends. And uh, Common, uh, I said I had a sports question for you. Mm. Uh, but in my mind, it's not really sports. And that is uh, uh, the fantasy football thing. Are, I can't remember. Are, are, you, are you one oh. of these people? Are you in or not? No. Well, here's what I'm going to do this year. Oh, okay. Everyone who comes up to me and says, hey, when's your draft? I'm just going <laughs> to open hand slap them. <laughs> Right in the face. Yeah. Because uh, I, I will be in prison by the end of the week because <laughs> that's, it's going to be 200 people. <laughs> when's your draft? What, when, when are you guys having your draft party? Slap, 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 slap. 
<laughs> I can't take it. It, it takes. It makes. And it used to be just grown men, and now it's it's, it's the women and every. It's just it's in kids and it's it's corrosive to American society. Yes, fantasy it, football is. It makes grown people into complete dorks about these stuff. And the other thing I want to do is I want to get a t-shirt print up that says, Hi, you seem nice. I don't want to hear about your fantasy football team. <laughs> don't ruin it. Please don't. Please don't tell me about your fantasy football team. No, because I don't care. No, and then there's the people who like, you know, and I will admit this. There are some people who actually are good at it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I don't see how it can be any fun. Because that's all they do. You know what I mean? They're they're reading the injury reports and the waiver wires, and they're just constantly, constantly, constantly looking for news about NFL players that would affect who they're going to play or who they're going to draft. Or, I'm like, man, that's, that's too much. Or if you watch a game with those people. <laughs> oh, no. It's like, you know. Hey, how are your wings? Oh man, my my wide receiver three has only got two catches in the first. <laughs> oh, my God. Or you or you listen to them, and they have you know back when they were a sane person, they had a favorite football team. Oh, not anymore. And then all of a sudden, it's like their favorite football team will be winning thirty-five to ten in the fourth quarter, and they'll go, "Oh man, what's the matter, team? You're you're killing these guys." Yeah, but now we're just going to run the ball the rest of the game. I need like five or six more catches out of. No, no <laughs> Stefan Diggs. It's like oh, you're. I'm going to strangle the life out of you. Honest to goodness, I it really is. Uh, I, you know, I used to in a, in a former employer. We had a little uh, office operation, and the rule there was that nobody could be in the league who didn't work there. Okay, no, that's a good and, rule. And everything was done on paper. All right, it was all one person was a little geeky. And a little geeky, a lot geeky, and did it all. It was all on paper. There was no online part of it. You couldn't go check your stats. You couldn't do any of that. Basically, if you didn't keep track yourself, you wouldn't know until, you know, Tuesday morning. And that was fine. You know, I didn't spend a lot of time worrying about it. But now it's all online. And so, like, you can get, you know, notifications on your phone. And it's just, it is a constant barrage of fantasy sports. And I don't, I just don't. And there's programming on it. There's ESPN oh, programming know. on it. But the one thing that the and then they tell you that they have they have drinking games at their draft party. If someone drafts someone who's already been drafted, they have to they have to do a <laughs> shot or drink some beer. You know, drink a blast of beer or something. It's like, my God, this it's 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 people are are lunatic. And then that somebody said, Hey, what if we what if we had a fantasy draft of of all the Marvel comics? You know, who would you, who would you go? Who would you draft first? Would it be Hulk? You know, I'm like, what, what, what happened? What happened here? Well, uh, when, when, when did the sanity ship set sail? I'll be back or when people. the grown-ups come back, guys. Yeah, can, can, can I go back to the grown-up table? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Where's the whiskey? What um, happened? Uh, hey, speaking of football, though, and it's almost it's almost that time of year when, uh, you know, we have the uh, weekly uh, gathering. But uh, how are your how are your uh, Packers looking, dude? Well, they're, they're looking pretty good, and I've kind of saved that for the joke today. We're about oh, going to know, so that, okay. I, I think so. You know, they've had defensive problems. They've tried to patch things up. So, I've, you know, I think offensively, and then the fact that you add back in Aaron Rodgers, you know, be, you could have you know nine trained seals and a dolphin, <laughs> and then have Aaron Rodgers playing quarterback. <laughs> And you're probably going to be pretty okay. <laughs> you're going to win some games. So it's, it's sort of like the guaranteed, the, the eraser of all all bad mistakes. He's, and he's going to get you a number of wins all by himself as long as he's upright. So they're going to be fine, I think. You know, but but it's going to be an interesting. The Vikings have a have a very loaded roster. Bears look like they're rising a little bit. Lions they might take a step back under a new coach a little bit, but good. Yeah, it's going to be a good division. We hate the Lions. We all can agree that we hate the Lions, right? <laughs> well, I mean, they're kind of they're so helpless. So it's like it's like kicking a kitten. <laughs> <laughs> so how old is Aaron Rodgers? I mean, thirty-four. Oh, that's not bad. He's got a couple good years left in him, doesn't he? Oh, well, if you know, if he's on the Brady plan, if he's having his avocado milkshakes and you know, being getting the uh, is he doing hanging that? around with he's well, he's hanging around with Danica Patrick now, so that's got to be good for you. 
Well, he gets, that's the thing. Maybe he gets a little bit too much playboy in him, Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe yeah, but what a way to go. Way. If you're going to retire, that's the way. Well, you know, you just, you're, you're too, just like Joe Namath, you know. Joe Namath yeah. probably didn't play as long as he got hurt, his knees were bad. But, you know, Joe went, what a way to go. If you're going to go early, you know, that's fine. <laughs> that's the I have to, to go it. out with a bevy of, uh, of uh, you know, stewardess and flight attendants and Playboy models. Oh, doggone it. <laughs> oh. My career was shortened by how much fun I had. Yeah. Well, so Shoot. far, so far, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are fine. But uh, so, uh, so you do have a joke for us? I have, I have a brief little joke for you. Yeah. Okay. So, it's, it? so it goes, uh, so, you know, it so happens the seven dwarves were marching through the forest one day. And they fell into a deep, dark ravine. All of them. <laughs> Snow White, who was following along, you know, peers over the edge. Oh, is anybody okay? Is anybody is anybody alive? And all of a sudden, she hears a voice from deep in the ravine that says, "The Vikes are going to win the Super Bowl." <laughs> and Snow White thought to herself, oh, "At least Dopey survived." <laughs> <laughs> oh, common man! Thank you very much, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, sounds good, Patrick. Coming up after the break, here we'll. Uh, Preview the next hour in which uh, Pat Powers of the Dakota War College blog will be here, followed by Madeline Shields of the Banquet. Should be a good time. Hang with us. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. This is a public service announcement with Guitar! 3.48 on the... 3.58 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000... K-S-O-O, and it is fair time, people, going on right now through the 11th out at the W.H. Lyon Fairgrounds. Admission is 10 bucks for 13 and up. It's 5 bucks, 6 to 12, and free for 5 and under. Grandstand Entertainment is free with a paid fair admission today, August 7th, which is today, Senior Citizen Appreciation Day. Free fair admission until 1 p.m. That's done. And $15 carnival wristbands all day. 8 p.m. is Trace Adkins. In the grandstand, oh, a lot of stuff. Coach, uh, tomorrow's Ag Appreciation Day, so the farmers will be out there get their free pork sandwich. That'll be fun. Uh, coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, Pat Powers of Dakota War College will be with us. So stay tuned. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. Four oh six on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And it's time of the week when we bring in Mr. Pat Powers from the Dakota War College blog up in Brookings, where he resides. And uh, Pat, how are you doing, buddy? Doing great. Doing great. It's a nice day in Brookings, although they're pouring tar out in front of my street, and as opposed to trying to tar and feather me for once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's unpleasant when they're doing that. It just smells bad, and you can't go anywhere. Just kind of sticky. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so you, we haven't talked for a while. It's been a little while, it seems like. And uh, you, of course, have the, the blog up, uh, Dakota War College, and uh, coming at things from a, from the Republican side of the ledger. And uh, there's been, um, it's been kind of slow recently. We're in that kind of August doldrums, right? Well, yeah, there's just not a lot going on because it's post-convention and uh, everybody's out hitting the parades and, and even those are going to, even those have slowed down. I, I believe they've got some parades this weekend and now we, we shift into fairs. Yeah, we're into fair season. And this week is the Sioux Empire Fair, so I imagine, well, tomorrow's Farmer Appreciation Day at the Sioux Empire Fair. That's like mandatory attendance, isn't it, if you're running for office? Well, I think most of them go uh, go get in line and uh, they're they're shaking hands and mm-hmm. uh, and thanking farmers for all their work as, yeah. as they help serve them food. Get get themselves a nice pork pulled pork sandwich or something, right? Yep. yep. <laughs> it's, it's often uh, it, 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 back in the newspaper days. Uh, we all always sent a photographer to Farmer Appreciation Days because the photos were just fantastic. bunch of a whole bunch of seed caps and then John Thune. <laughs> <laughs> it was good stuff. Uh, 
But there's a, there, we're getting some in the House race now. I see on your blog you've been talking about this. Uh, some uh, uh, back and forth on polling between Dusty Johnson and Tim Bjorkman. Um, we can't really believe any of these polls. They're from the candidates, right? Well, you know, it's, I, I think it comes down to you, you have the candidates and, and you have methodology. And, and, and I'm probably a little biased uh, in, in favor of the, the poll done by public opinion strategies. Mm-hmm. They've, uh, you know, it's obviously it's a Republican poll, but, mm-hmm. you know, they've been, they've been around these parts doing polling for, oh, gosh, over well over a decade yeah well they uh, were they, yeah, they did the 2000 they worked for thune in 2004 well yeah they worked for thune in 2004 they did janklo uh oh when, when he last i know when he last ran they they used public opinion strategies mm-hmm. i mean they've been around forever and and been polling constantly over the years uh for the for the candidates and uh so you know they've got a they've got a pretty good track record in South Dakota. Um, you know I, I've always found them to be be fairly accurate in their assessments. Uh, you know versus uh, the Bjorkman poll uh, is that the PPP polling or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar uh, with them. I, I, yeah, you know they've they've done they've been around for a couple years, but I, I don't know that they've ever worked for a winning candidate in South Dakota. Uh, well, they, if they're working for a lot of Democrats, that could be <laughs> well. Yeah, tough. they're um, obviously a Democrat firm, and not not a lot of Democrats winning here. And that that's interesting, though. This world of of Republican firms and Democrat firms, um, it is a. Why do candidates need pollsters so desperately? Well, you know, it's uh, it, it's how they, as opposed to just sticking their finger in the wind, uh, and and. And uh, just taking a shot in the dark, uh, you know, it provides them a, a baseline of data of what are people interested in? What are they concerned about? If you're out there talking about crime issues and everybody's concerned about education, they're going to look at you funny and you're not going to resonate with the voters. It, it helps. It helps. You know, it's not that the candidate doesn't care about the other issue. It's just maybe they're not they're not talking about what people care about. So you know, they're, they need to make sure they're addressing what the people want. And that best way to do that is polling. I think sometimes uh, citizens, voters get a little um, uh, uh, cynical about uh, polling when they find out that candidates do all this stuff because they say, oh, they're just telling us what we want to hear. But that's a, well, there's a fine line between those two things. Well, it's, it's, I, I think it has to do with how they craft their message and, and what they need to be paying attention to. Uh, you know, they, those issues come to the top for a reason. I mean, they're what people are talking about. And, and sometimes candidates, you know, they, they get going around the state and, and you might be only talking to certain, certain groups of people and, and one group may care about one thing, but if the, uh, if the electorate as a whole can, uh, is, is more worried about another issue, you know, the candidate needs to know that. Then the, they get, uh, the candidates get a lot of information. It's not so like uh, D- uh, Dusty Johnson released a poll uh, this week that had him up by 20 points in a head to head with Tim Bjorkman. Right. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Tim Bjorkman re- released his poll and had it closer. Um, and then if uh, some other background information was included, it was even closer. But uh, one of those is true and one of them isn't. Or can they both be true in some sense? Well, you know, you you might have. One one poll saying one thing and another saying another. Uh, you know, can they can they both be true? Well, maybe they're maybe it's somewhere in the middle. But you know, the name of the game is trying to poll as accurately as possible, and, and that has changed over the years with the introduction of cell phones, mm-hmm. because you have a certain demographic that has a landline. Uh, millennials and and people, many people in their in their 30s and some even in their 40s don't have a landline anymore. Yeah. I don't have I, one. <laughs> I I I I have a landline and I can tell you I am constantly getting all sorts of survey calls. Yes. Well, they've moved into this into the cell phones as well now. So, I mean, and I but, have noticed I have noticed polls now always indicate how many you know, it used to be they would break down 
uh, gender and region and, and, and affiliation. And now they always include how many cell phones were included in the sample. Well, and that's probably the most important, one of the most important figures because there are uh, some, some federal laws about telemarketing and, and things like that where it's not necessarily so easy to get a hold of people on their cell phones, even though everybody's got one. Mm-hmm. So well, you just they, don't answer wanted, the phone. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's one problem. I, uh, uh, years and years ago, I used to, uh, I, and I did some schooling for, for some of this. Uh, I used to assist the uh, state Republican Party back in 1990 mm. uh, with, with writing and uh, uh, conducting polls. And you literally, at that point, back when it was all landlines, you had to, uh, you had, even back then, you had to call maybe six people to get a, uh, get a completed mm-hmm. survey. And it has not gotten easier with time. No. Do you think the other thing that there's a lot of polling now um, that's not uh, actual live calls? Uh, it's, it's push one for this, push two for that. Um, do you, yeah, do you find any the, less reliability in those types of polls? I, I think those are among some of the most unreliable because, you know, your, your universe is people who are just pushing the button. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you don't really get a gauge as to uh, and when you would do these survey samples, you're you're asking for, you know, the uh, the oldest female at home or, or the oldest male at home, because your likelihood of finding someone who will complete the call mm-hmm. uh, goes down based on your demographic. Mm, interesting. Um, we're going to come right back and talk more with Pat Powers from the Dakota War College blog. And uh, move on. We'll see what other topics are rolling around out there. We might keep talking about polling a little bit. We'll be right back. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four twenty on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we return to our conversation with Pat Powers of the Dakota War College from uh, a blog based out of Brookings, South Dakota, that uh, covers politics from a Republican standpoint. And we talked to Pat about once a week. So, uh, Pat, say, I was looking on your blog recently, and uh, I was uh, the, the governor has called this uh, uh, a special session, all right? And it's, uh, it involves the, the, the taxing of online sales. Is this going to be like a thing, or is it going to be like everybody show up, vote, boom, done, gone? Uh, I suspect it's going to be, or at least the way the governor's talking, they're they're planning on having it be uh, just to just to correct some technical issues in law that uh, address uh, that addressed when they can start collecting the online sales tax because uh, right now they have no idea. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're they're negotiating with uh, Amazon and some of the uh, big online retailers as to when they can start. And so I, I think they're looking for some more clarity in law. Uh, I believe there's uh, a lower court decision that uh, that ties that up. So uh, they're they're looking to clean some of the language up and and have it be a little more straightforward. So you know, since they actually won the court case, they can actually collect the tax. You mean we won? <laughs> <laughs> we got now we got to do this. Um, so. Uh, if they if they haven't drafted language, but isn't there um, something uh, in law because we had passed something before that says a certain percentage of the t- at a certain amount of money collected from online sales, some of that money will go to reduce the uh, sales tax by a, a tenth of a percent with each increment. Right? I mean, is that is that going to keep that, yeah. or how's that going to work? You know, I I don't even pretend to to understand what they're all going to try to uh, mm. address at the special session, because that just, that just really, uh, it was just announced today, and, and uh, I, I believe they're, they're calling it for a fairly narrow purpose. So uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to see what, uh, what uh, the governor is basing it on and, and how far outside of that they can go. Yeah, I suppose they could, they could get there and decide they want to change that, but uh, that, that's all they already passed that part of the law so it would seem like you kind of got to leave that alone for now but who knows right well 
Well, the governor's uh, the go- the governor's rationale was that he he thought that many of the bigger decisions should be left to the new governor mm-hmm. and the new legislature as opposed to trying to quickly fix things uh, here in in September. So uh, don't expect a free for all out in Pierre in September. Well, we we hope not. (laughs) Is there ever a free-for-all out in Pierre? That would be kind of fun if one actually occurred at some point. Hey, uh, the other thing you've been writing a lot about is the, uh, oh, these people with the Constitution Party. What is going on here, dude? I can't keep track of this stuff. Well, you know, for for a party that has fewer than 500 members in South Dakota, uh, it's, uh, it's certainly a disorganized mess. They what they should do is just get every one of them together in uh, down at the Ramcota and Sioux Falls, have them all come together and figure it out. But uh, right now there's, there's two factions in the constitution party. One is being led by uh, Lori Stacy, who's, who's ran for uh, office a couple of times. And, uh, uh, and then we've also got Laura Hubble who had been chairman of the constitution party uh, left and joined the Republican Party. Now she's changed back, but uh, when she was a member of the Constitution Party before, she was party chairman for a while. And and now she's claiming since she resigned her position, left and came back, she should still be chairman uh, because the interim chairman wasn't appointed properly or, or some confusing thing like that. On the Lori Stacy side, you have uh, Dr. Terry Lee LaFleur, who, like Laura Hubble, wasn't able to make the ballot on the Republican ticket, and now he's trying to run on the Constitution ticket. Oh, and, uh, and Dr., you know, self-styled doctor, uh, since he has a Juris Doctor from, uh, um, is it the Cooley School of Law, the one that was named the worst in the country? Really? I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That's, that's, his, that's his law school. Um, he, uh, <laughs> so, he's, he, he, so he's a lawyer. He, well, no. Well, he he calls himself a lawyer, but not an attorney because he couldn't pass the bar. Ah, and and so he is a uh, uh, on the uh, the filing that uh, he made in response to the Republican Party's writ of prohibition. He lists himself as a uh, as a pro se uh, representative of the Constitution Party and a doctor. Well, you know, he's got that jurist doctor. <laughs> no, nobody with a jurist doctor, call, doctor calls himself a doctor. Well, no, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> but Terry does. This Terry. is sort of, it reminds me of uh, Monty Python, I believe it's Life of Brian, where the uh, they're arguing over the people's Judea front and the, the Judea's people front of Judea, and uh, it's a mess. Well, and it, it is interesting because, uh, you know, the Republican Party is looking at it from the standpoint that, you know, elections, sometimes elections are won on, on narrow margins. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with, a, with another person in there, uh, you know, as, as John Thune taught us in the race against Tim Johnson, you know, you have a third party candidate in there and, mm-hmm. and that could affect the results. Uh, you know, when you had uh, Kurt Evans... Uh, who ran on the Libertarian ticket in that race. I, I mean, he literally was a spoiler in that race because votes that would have gone to John Thune, he, he took those away as, as people looked at the candidates and and decided to make a different option, and uh, and that can affect the outcome. It you know only happens once in a blue moon, but, uh, you know, that's, that's the risk in the races. That's, and that's why know. the Republican Party's looking at it going, you know, if they can't follow their own rules... Yeah. somebody and they can't follow state law why should they be on the ballot right why should why should they be allowed to do damage to us right if you're a republican that's what you're thinking yeah. well and you know i, I notice uh, democrats haven't complained about it too much either <laughs> uh pat powers he uh authors the dakota war college blog at dakotawarcollege.com uh out of brookings and uh, he's with us about once a week uh, pat thanks a lot and have a good day Thanks for having me. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, we'll talk with Madeline Shields of the Banquet about the SOS program. We'll be right back after the news and weather. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Jesus, don't cry. 
436 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and I am very pleased to have back in the studio Madeline Shields. She, of course, is the Development Marketing Director for The Banquet in Sioux Falls, one of the fine organizations in this community to help people in need. And uh, Madeline, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. What a beautiful day to come in and do radio. Yeah. <laughs> what a beautiful day to be inside. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we have windows. Um, you. So you've been, how long have you been with the banquet? We've talked about this before. 13 years. Oh my God. After a, a uh, illustrious career in media. Yeah. Decided to get some sanity into your life. Absolutely. What a, and it, you know, it's, it's, it's great when you can get up every day and it doesn't feel like a job. Yeah. It's well, you're just, helping people. Yeah, it's a it's a passion, and a mission, and a mission. Yes. Um, do you you were in TV for how long? I did radio and television for about 13 years total. Yeah. Do people still come up to you and say, "I haven't seen you on TV lately"? Are you <laughs> uh, always, always? Or they say, "I remember you when?" I'm like, "Oh my god." Really? <laughs> How do you remember? That was, that was 20, 23 years ago. You know, I left, I left Kello TV yep. 22 years ago. Oh, my god! I left there then. You're kidding me. No. I would have never guessed it was that I, long ago. I know. That's everybody. Th- I, weren't you just on a couple of years ago? Isn't are that you funny? Doing, are you doing mornings now? I don't I see you much. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> it is weird. Yeah. Well, you know, Weckworth's back there. You can maybe. I know. I've been on with Weckworth. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, we'll let that go. Uh, we're going to just leave that with no comment. So um, the banquet does a lot of really, really great stuff in this community. And one of them is every year. You have the uh, supply one student, right? Am I saying that right? The SOS uh, supply supply our students, our students. Yes, because we have six thousand of them. Yeah, it used to, did it used to be one student? It did a million years ago. I so now see. you're dating yourself. I, I, I think you're on TV, <laughs> and I call it supply one student. I have issues. <laughs> That's okay. That's pretty cool. I'm still saying association of retired people or whatever. <laughs> they, they aren't that anymore either. Um. So, uh, but the supply our students is uh, tell us about it because it's a really cool program. Sure, it is. You know, this started back in 1989. Um, The banquet opened its doors to serve meals to people who were going hungry in our community in 1985. So the banquet's been around for 33 years. Uh, One of the guests who had four or five children was sitting at the table at the banquet, and she started to sob during the meals. And the director at that time said, you know, what's the matter? What? What can we help you with? She said, if I can't even feed my kids, how am I going to get them ready to go back to school? Mm -hmm. And that was literally the birth of Project SOS right there. And it started out just so simple as everything with the banquet. Um, The groups that came to serve the meals were solicited and said, hey, if you could do a little collection, bring over some crayons, some glue, some markers, maybe some notebooks, you know, we'll get them to these families that could really use them. Hmm. And as time went on and on and on, um, it became very well organized and it was completely 100% volunteer driven. Um, the volunteers organized it. They went out, they did all the purchasing. Um, and then um, people started donating money toward this program because they didn't want kids to go to school without school supplies. And now here we are, you know, 30 years later, and we're um, at the highest point when I was back doing Project SOS um, solely, um, 6,800 backpacks were going out to kids in Sioux Falls and the surrounding communities. That's it. I mean... 6,800 children right. getting their school supplies through Project S. I mean, that's a stunning number. It, it is a stunning number. And, you know, it was funny because I traveled shortly after that, and so did our director. We had been in a couple of different cities just a month or so after our distribution. And, the like, a place in Chicago was talking about how they gave 500 backpacks mm. away. And another place, oh, we gave away 700 backpacks. I'm like, I could do that in my sleep. You <laughs> yeah, know? That's right. Give me something but, hard. But look at this community. It goes right back into how giving and caring people are. They don't want to ever see children, A, go hungry. That's why the success of the banquet. Mm-hmm. And, B, they don't want them to go to school and sit in class on the first day and have their peers look at them like, oh, they didn't have any school supplies. They couldn't bring anything. And and nobody wants a kid to feel out of place. And we hear from 
teachers, administrators, about how um, these children that walk in on the first day of school with a brand new backpack and brand new school supplies in their bag, they walk in. It doesn't matter what's going on in their home. It doesn't matter that they got all their their school clothes at a thrift store. They have the exact same supplies that the kids sitting next to them and the desk has, and they're ready to learn. Mm -hmm. They're excited about being there. Nobody's making fun of them because they don't have anything. And they, they're they ready. They have higher self-esteem. And the teachers and principals, they tell us that that shows in their grades. It shows in their attendance that those children that get those supplies are much more successful. How do I, so I, I see the, the, the bins around, right? Mm -hmm. But you can, you can donate the actual stuff sure. or you can just give money. How does this all work? Either way. Um, if you're out and you're shopping with your kids or your grandkids, or if you're just walking through the store, grab some spiral notebooks. That's what we really need right now. And they're anywhere from 19 cents to 25 cents. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people think, oh my gosh, how's that going to help anybody? We give away a lot of spiral notebooks, like 20,000 spiral notebooks. And Holy so, cow. yeah, you've got the high schoolers that have five subjects. Yeah. So what we ask for are those plain colored, the red, yellow, purple, green, mm -hmm. black, um, blue spiral notebooks, one subject, 70 pages, whether they're wide ruled or college ruled, doesn't matter. Um, and we'll make sure that those get to those kids. Um, and then we need, obviously, every supply that goes into that backpack. We need the backpacks. Um, the two most difficult items for us to get are um, middle school and high school backpacks, mm -hmm. the larger ones, and paper. The college ruled, uh, wide ruled spirals, and the college ruled mm -hmm. and wide ruled um, filler paper. That's, those are the hardest part. Those are the hardest things to get because when you're doing bids on on paper in the spring, they haven't hit on sale yet. They, they're what retail stores call a loss leader. Yep. They're going to lose money on those on those items. So if we go to bid on those, sometimes those those are like a buck ninety nine. Well, if we're going to buy that many, that's that's a lot of money out of our out of our savings, you yeah. know. And where are donations. the where are the bins? Where do I, is that, the is bins it? are at all the Lewis drugstores, the High V. Uh, grocery stores, Shopco, and Menards. Wow. Um, yes, and we also have um, different businesses around town that just put up put up bins for us. Um, for instance, like Wildwater West, they have specials um, on a couple nights a week, Tuesday nights especially, where they give a discount um, admission. You can get in for five dollars if you bring school supplies. Oh, awesome! And they collect a lot of them out there. So that's, that's, cool. that's a, it's a great thing. We need volunteers to help us pack those bags and distribute those bags. And that's all on the banquets website. And, and how do I give money? If I just uh, want to give you cash, I just go to the website and go to the it. website. You can donate online at the mm -hmm. or send in a check. The yeah. banquet. Just stop by. Stop by. I had, I had a guy stop by 10 minutes before I got here and said, I saw that you guys could really use some help. Brought in a check. Oh. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And you get that face. To, it's it's great to, I mean, for you guys, it's great to see the people who give the money. Right. But as a, you know, as a donator, sometimes you just want to say, hi, I just, this is my act of giving. Yes. And, you know, and, and that's we get to say thank you yeah. then on behalf of all of yeah. these smiling faces that we get to see, which is give yourself a gift, come and help uh, pack or distribute those bags. Yeah. It is the coolest thing in the world to see those little kids walking away with those new brand new bags on their backs. Oh, jeez. Gives me goosebumps just thinking about yeah, it. It's a uh, great deal. We're going to come right back and talk more with Madeline Shields. She is the De Development and Marketing Director for the Banquet in Sioux Falls. And she's got all kinds of stuff going on that we need to talk about. So we'll do that right after this break. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 449 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and we're chatting with Madeline Shields, and you know her, of course, as the Development and Marketing Director for The Banquet in Sioux Falls, and who doesn't know that? Uh, Madeline, we were talking about Project SOS and how people can donate to that. you got to bring your, uh, you can drop off uh, uh, goods, the actual supplies for students who need them at uh, the bins at hy and Lewis's and Menard's and Shopco. Uh, but you have other stuff going on as well. Uh, you were telling me off air earlier, this is the worst time, one of the worst times of year for 
volunteers for the actual banquet. I did right. not know that. Yeah, you know, people are going on vacation. They're busy. They want to get in that last vacation before they take their kids, um, before their kids go back to school. Um, if you go to our website, you can sign up to serve a meal. Um, July, August, early September, um, it it is really, really ugly <laughs> because it's a sea of red on our calendar. And mm-hmm. red means we don't have a group to serve and or we don't have a sponsor to provide the food for that meal. And so every meal at the banquet is served by a group, and that group pays for that meal. Mm. Um, And so we have, I have written a few notes here. We have dates open that are, well, Tuesday, August 14th. We do not have a group for... um, and this is at the main It's a main location. Yep. yep. Friday, August 17th. We don't have a group to sponsor. Then August 23rd, 24th, 27th, 28th. Oh, my. We've got breakfast open. We have dinner open. We have Banquet West open. So we, you know, we really need groups to get together and grab your friends. Yeah. You know, it's it's changed. The days used to be when the banquet opened, it was the church. Right. Came and they grabbed the church um, family and they all came and they served the meal. That's that is the case still. But as you know, we started out serving one meal a week back Mm -hmm. in 1985. We're up to 13 meals a week. And so we've had anniversary parties come and serve the banquet. Mm. We've had um, high school reunions come and serve the banquet. We've had um, birthday parties, anniversary parties, um, family reunions service clubs, your book club, your Bible study, get together, get your neighborhood friends together, all pitch in $20 and come and serve the banquet because it is a gift you will never regret giving yourself. Because once you walk in those doors and you start helping other people, it is amazing how good you feel. Mm -hmm. And you get caught up in it. You get caught up in this notion of service. Right. Okay. And if you've ever been in a service industry, if you ever actually worked in a restaurant or whatever, you kind of know what that is. But this has got an added benefit to it because there's just this sense of what do you need? I'm here to serve you. It's not it's not a, a, a pretentious or it's not a, a condescending way. Here's what do you need to eat? What would you like? Right. And you know, it's, it's really interesting because so many people have preconceived notions of what it's like when they walk into the banquet or what it's going to be like. Um, so when we start off the evening to serve that meal, you come in and you have two distinct groups. You have the people who are waiting out in the lobby in the waiting area to come in and eat a meal. You have the volunteers who have been cooking and they're getting ready. They're getting their jobs assigned and they have a, a um, They have their name Mm -hmm. on a sticker on their shirt, a first name. And then the doors open, the guests start coming in, the volunteers are walking around with milk and water and coffee, and then some of the volunteers are sitting down with a tray of food and they're eating together with our guests. And our doors open at 6. By 6.20, there's not two groups anymore. Mm -hmm. It's, It's we're sitting here eating a meal together and we find out we have so many similarities we went to the same high school we had the yeah. same favorite math teacher when right. we were young we had two guys this one guy at the end of the night said i ran into a guy and i found out we were cousins i didn't even <laughs> know it and i'm like that was the funniest story i've ever heard you know it is amazing what people learn about just sitting down and having a 10 minute meal with someone right and just talking about because you the, when you sit down with a stranger you all you have is who are you? Right, right. And you find out you're the same person. Mm-hmm. You all have the same hopes and dreams. You want your family to be happy. You you had a hot long day at work today. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, there's um you know most of our guests have full time jobs. Mm-hmm. They cannot make ends meet. They are working low paying jobs. Um, they have two or three kids. They're trying to get them ready for school. They're trying to mm-hmm. buy them shoes. And, and by the time they pay their bills, pay the rent, pay their electricity, put gas in the car, there's nothing left over for food for right. way right. too many people in our community. And it's not just the young working people. It's our elderly people who are buying prescription medications right. and they're coming to and eat at the banquet. you're running out of money. You're but, running into your grandparents yeah. when you're eating there. 
Madeline Shield, she's Development and Marketing Director for The Banquet. Very quickly, website? TheBanquetSF.org. There you go, and it'll be on our Twitter feed, at P. Lally Show. Madeline, uh, thank you very much for coming in and filling in today. Thanks for having me. We'll be right back and tell you what's coming up for the rest of the week. This is The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. Uh, one final reminder: tonight is the debut of Public Input at Club David. I'm moderating. Got Erisman there from South Dakota. Former disgruntled, or disgruntled former city commissioner Matt Staub. We're gonna have a good time. We're gonna watch the city council meeting and and we'll just comment, rolling commentary on the style and substance. Substance, people. It's all about the substance. Come on down, Club David, six thirty. Coming up tomorrow on the show. Mary Michaels and Alyssa Gailey of Live Well Sioux Falls. Thea Miller Ryan will be here, and Scott Hudson is our weird friend of the day. We'll see you then. Information 1000 KSOO.